You want to get ahead, whether it's money, happiness, or something else entirely, there's always an endless list of things to acquire. But what if it takes first giving away the best of what you have in order to achieve all that you desire? So join us today on Subject Matter, where you'll learn how the world's most translated book was saved from failure by giving, how you can legally copy the world's hottest car company, and how sometimes the difference between success and failure lies simply in asking for it. Welcome, listeners, to Subject Matter. Hello, good morning, and welcome, listeners, to Subject Matter. I am Ben Bradbury, joined as always by my amazing co-host, Tom Worcester. Hello, Tom. Good to see you, Ben. Feeling fantastic. It's a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C. And let me tell you, I cannot put down this book, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It's basically making me flash back on every moment of my life and wondering, huh, so that's why that went wrong. (laughs) <laughs> Interesting. And as someone who has the ego of a hot air balloon, I can imagine it's probably doing you wonders. Uh, I will say that my, my entire mindset has turned around in a heartbeat. But thank you for the, the hot air balloon reference. I'll be sure to race one around the world in your honor. That's great to hear. And if you could do me a favor, you could race to Manila, the Philippines. That would be fantastic. Because I'm reading a great book as well called Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker, all about how you can build a virtual empire and start outsourcing some of your bits and bobs. So exciting stuff there as well. Absolutely, Ben. Well, listen, when you're in the Philippines, uh, have a Mai Tai on the beach for me. I'll be over in the US thinking about you. You got it, sir. Well, I think it's good that you actually brought up books today because what I'm going to kick off with to start off is a story about a book and specifically the author, Paolo Coelho. And this brings us into today's theme or topic rather, which is giving more to get the most you possibly can. Now, I want you all to imagine it's 1999. And Paolo Coelho was in Russia and he was writing his book, which is called The Alchemist. And unfortunately, when he first wrote the book, the first run failed to reach an audience completely and only sold roughly a thousand copies out of its initial print run of 3,000. And unfortunately, Russia soon faced a crisis of paper supply. So Paolo was hit with a double whammy. And this meant that his book was dropped by his Russian publisher. Now, coincidentally, at the same time, Coelho actually found an unauthorized digital copy of The Alchemist online. And now this is where there's a divergence in thought, because let's pretend, listeners, that you have written a book. If someone publishes an unauthorized version of that book on a website, you're probably going to be pretty miffed. But this is where Paolo's thinking diverged. And this is where we see today's topic in action. Instead of filing a lawsuit and instead of getting annoyed, Paolo promptly posted the copy of The Alchemist straight onto his website. This was a man with his back against the wall who had absolutely nothing to lose. And so in his darkest hour, he decided to give out his work completely for free. And that would be a, a sponsorship from thepiratebay.org, right, Ben? Absolutely. I can't endorse that legally, but they do great wonders for authors like Paolo. And this is actually interesting for Paolo because there's a recent article where he actually is encouraging authors to have their books pirated. And you guys might be scratching your heads and saying, why is that? Well, the reason was in the year 2000, a year after The Alchemist had completely bombed 
When the Russian paper crisis had been sorted, Coelho's novel was already selling up to 10,000 copies on Russia's bookshelves alone. And note as well, there was zero promotion that had gone into this. And then two short years later, in 2002, The Alchemist managed to hit a milestone of 1 million copies sold in Russia. This is a book that has gone on to become, that holds the Guinness World Record for the most translated work of literature ever. It's in 53 languages. And all of The Alchemist's success all came down to Coelho following that first principle, which is being able to give before you get. <laughs> sure, Ben. But that working at only at the highest level, you basically engaged in selection bias at the, the most basic form, right? So we look at Quello, we look at one of the best authors in recent memory, but for 99.9% .9 of writers, that same tactic wouldn't work. There's an upper limit here. If you give away too much value for free, then you miss the opportunity to truly capitalize on what you could take for yourself. And this is well this is well represented in the power brokerage economy, right? Think about how in politics people do favors for each other with the expectation of getting something back later on. How about in the music world where the, the biggest musicians and their agents are exchanging favors, right? Let's take a look at Scooter Braun, for example. Scooter Braun represents Justin Bieber, Martin Garrix, and holds the cards of who gets to attend their shows and gets that triple A VIP experience. Now he has his friends and an inner circle of lawyers and politicians and agents and other people he needs to take care of. And then he actually does that. He gives them a great backstage experience at Justin Bieber. When he does this, he does two things. He creates implicit and explicit value. Now, implicit is that now because he invited his very powerful friends, now they're going to get invited to other similar tier events. Perhaps he's invited by a sports agent who wants to take him to the field of the Super Bowl, right? But on the other side of that, he creates explicit value. Now he's holding the cards, these favor cards that he can turn in whenever he wants, whenever he feels that he needs to redeem something. And so if he wants to go to a concert, if he wants to go to a Monaco, if he wants to go to the Grand Prix, then he now has the power economy to then go cultivate that. So yeah, he's giving to get, right? It's actually taking care of people in order to extract implicit and explicit value down the road. But when we have Quello, we kind of see somebody who's going out and he's taking a massive risk where he's one of the finest authors in the world and he backs it up by, again, he doesn't care if he gets pirated because he's so damn good. But the other side of that, there's, there's tens of millions of other authors where if they give away everything and they won't have that residual effect of 1 million copies sold in Russia. It's, it's, a, different, it's a different environment. I think that's true. But as an author, you always need to be of the mindset that this book could sell a million copies. If you're thinking anything otherwise, then you're short-sighting yourself. And there's another problem here as well, Tom, which is that there's a difference between a micro-success view, where you're talking about implicit favors being passed down, compared to a macro view of success, which I would argue is more utilitarian. Now, if I look at a macro view of success, so stepping away from the scooter brawns of the world where everything is you scratch my back and I scratch yours, and instead look at someone who is truly advancing and giving away in order to get on the most macro level, on the broadest level, which is quite simply advancing the society of the human race. And there is only one man that can really stand up 
to this archetype. And I'm sure some of you will have guessed who it is. It's Elon Musk, of course. Now, let's dive into Musk because there's a few things he does where he just gives away relentlessly. Let's look at Tesla. Now, intellectual property in the West, especially, is a hotly contested topic. Simply suing over the grounds of IP is a billion dollar industry by himself. But Elon Musk, a billionaire in his own right, who runs $2 billion companies, Tesla and SpaceX, with Tesla, he makes all of their designs and blueprints publicly available. He has forgotten the definition of the word intellectual property. He wants the public to copy him. He wants other competitors to clone him because he realizes that with his macro view of getting, which is societal advancement, he is able to promote that as best he can by giving away completely freely. And he even cajoles his competition to move his end game forward of becoming an interplanetary species. If we look at Boeing CEO, Dennis Wallenberg, he said recently that his aerospace giant company would transport the first humans to Mars. He says, eventually we're going to Mars. And I firmly believe the first person that sets foot on Mars will get there on a Boeing rocket. And someone tried to scratch Elon up the wrong way. And in response, he simply tweeted, do it. All Elon Musk wants us to do is to get this macro view of gaining. And he gives out everything that he can in the hope that one day humanity will get where we need to be. So when we're looking at this concept of giving to get, let's not forget why we are giving and what it really means to get. Because for some people, that will be on a one-to-one basis. And it could just be as simple as getting a coffee. But also, it could be on the broadest sense like advancing our society or making humanity an interplanetary species. Right. But Ben, you also conveniently ignore the fact that lies inherent in this Elon Musk example, which is really that it only works when there's like a macro worldview or this kind of core belief, like moving the species forward, when that's balanced by a minimum level of success that has already been achieved, right? So he can afford to give away IP designs. And by the way, let's not forget the fact that he's getting massive amounts of PR value because the Elon Musk brand is as important as any one of the individual companies in his portfolio. But there's a minimum level of success that then enables his ability to give so freely. He's not handing away the blueprints of that IP if his ability to eat that night hangs in the balance. So he's in a category of one. There are, there are no financial factors in play. Therefore, the goalposts have been moved. Now, begs the question of, do you need to be selfish to a point in order to be able to make economic sacrifices for the greater good, right? So when we're on an airplane, we take care of our mask first if there's an oxygen depletion before we can look to the passengers to our left and to our right in order to aid them. Because if we're passed out from the lack of oxygen in our atmosphere, then we're unable to do anything. So it doesn't matter if you're flying private or commercial in that case too, right? It doesn't matter if you're in a, a SpaceX jet or if you're in a commercial, commercial airline. The truth is sometimes you need to take care of yourself first to a certain extent, and then you can help the world. Now, there's a line there, which is how much do you like, take care of the world once you've made it? That's a conversation for another time. Okay, Tom, I'll give you that one. So clearly we need to reach a particular level of success before we can truly give away everything without risking the amount of upside that we can get. So for those of us that are listening that aren't Elon Musk... Wait, we're not? 
Well, at least one of us on this call isn't. And I don't know if you're masquerading as someone else or there's something you're not telling me, but I certainly am not. So for those of us that aren't Elon Musk, there's one deceptively simple way that we can use giving to get what we want. And this starts to address the question of how we can practically apply this concept of giving to get to ourselves. Now, there's a book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. It's an excellent book on communication and how you can use and also defend from the weapons of influence in order to communicate better. And the first of the seven weapons of influence is reciprocation. And very simply, reciprocation is the principle that if I do you a favor, you will be indebted to do a favor to me of equal value, or he's, here's the kicker, even greater value as well. And there's actually a sect that has done this that Chiaudini points out, which is the Hare Krishnas. Now, the Hare Krishnas, when they got started, they would go around airports and give out flowers for free. And this was so lethally effective when people had no idea this was going on, because if I receive a free gift, I then feel indebted to do them a favor, which was donating. And so next time you see a company giving out an ebook or a webinar, that is actually in the form of a tripwire, because this is triggering your first engagement within their marketing funnel. These companies know that they need to give out free value first before you buy. And if they don't, then unfortunately, they're just another product in line. And in subject matter here at Subject Matter, we love to actually practice what we preach, of course. And with the reciprocation tactic, I used this when I was back at university. I read the book and I was on commission to get students to sign up to my recruitment agency. And so I thought, what is a favor that I can do to any student that comes into my path? And the one thing that I instantly thought of was give them some kind of free food. And so the next day, I go on Amazon and I order 600 lollipops. My room looks like something out of Santa's grotto. The next day, I turn up with my rucksack loaded with lollipops and I go to the students and I very simply say, hey guys, would you like a lolly? And all you need to do is listen to me for a couple of minutes and it might actually get you a job. Ben, I'm happy you said, can I have the lollies? Because otherwise I was worrying that you'd be driving up and down the street in a white van. And listen, I know you like candy and I know you're on a college campus, but I'm glad you've appreciated the, the right way to get that done. <laughs> well, you know me, I'm just taking what works. I saw Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the, the child catcher is lethally effective. So <laughs> I'm just uh, learning from the world, Tom. And... And anyway, I mean, all jokes aside, it was lethally effective because it had a 98% conversion rate. 98 students out of 100 that I was to give the lollies to went ahead and signed up for my recruitment agency. And this is exactly what Scooter Braun is doing, right? So if we're looking at him having these politicians and these A-listers having VIP experiences with his musicians, then suddenly he's currying favor for them to do him a favor of greater value later down the line. So that's the first takeaway for today, guys. If you're looking to get, then think about how you can give freely in the form of a favor. Well, it's key to note also, Ben, is that these reciprocal decisions of a I give and then you give and I get and you get, it's still always reliant on another person, right? Every example you just gave between Scooter Braun, between Ben and Lolly, between a specific Hare Krishna in the airport is where 
we had one person who was influencing another, right? It was one person acting to extend that influence. There was an action behind the behavior. So at the end of the day, you need to be decisive in taking sole ownership over the course of your life. And ideas must come from one person. You can't source these out to focus groups. There is a wonderful David Ogilvy quote that I love, which is, search the parks in all your cities. You'll find no statues of committees. The way that we move forward is via action. We can talk and banter and discuss and whiteboard, and we can go through every single thought structure in the entire world, but we have to act as individuals to go forward. Well, some of us think we've got banter and can talk, Tom, anyway, hey? <laughs> Ouch. In terms, of <laughs> in terms of who's actually really got the, the banter and rapport down, let's look no further than Steve Jobs, a man who could hold poise and the attention of thousands, if not millions of people with nothing but a black turtleneck on. So when Steve Jobs was 12 years old, he actually cold called Hewlett Packard, found his number in a phone book, to ask for spare parts to build an electronic counter. Hewlett himself picked up the phone by chance, right? He was amused. He gave Job the parts and soon after offered the 12-year-old an internship. And Steve Jobs specifically discusses this and he said, this is a quote from Steve, he laughed and he gave me the spare parts to build that frequency counter and he gave me a job that summer at Hewlett Packard, working on the assembly line, putting nuts and bolts together on the frequency counters. To finish that, he got me a job in the place that built them and I was in heaven. So what Steve Jobs did is he went after what he wanted, offered free value on the way to get there, took decisive action on the way to get there, and was able to open up into new experiences just because he was willing to ask. And because at the end of the day, people never truly ask. So that's the takeaway, listeners. Just like Steve Jobs, we have to wear black turtlenecks. No, I'm just joking. Just like Steve Jobs, we have to ask even if it's asking to give something away. But what we have to know is that what you're giving is valuable. Let's think about Paolo Coelho. Even though Tom didn't agree with us earlier or didn't agree with me, rather, I shouldn't make your minds up for you listeners. Tom wasn't agreeing with me, but the reason behind Coelho's success was that the alchemist was phenomenally good. It wouldn't have had a shred of its success if it wasn't just a fundamentally fantastic work. And this is the link between The Alchemist and Tesla's blueprints that are published freely. It's value that matters. You have to make sure that if you're going to give something away, it is something that is going to move the needle in someone else's lives. Because only if you give something away that matters, can you truly ever expect to be the subject of anything that matters yourself. Now, there's different types of value that you can deliver. We've talked about the practical business value which exists in a barter economy, whether we're Scooter Braun exchanging favors or Tesla giving out our blueprints or even the alchemist. Writing a book and selling it, no matter how noble your intentions, is still a commercial enterprise. But there's another kind of ability to get which is arguably richer than everything else put together. And this kind of giving comes in the form of empathy. And trust me, Ben, I am deeply empathetic of the 600 students that have you chased them down at university for email signups. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I'm hoping that none of those 600 students are listening to confirm or deny those rumors. <laughs> but, but what I will say, Tom, is that 
whether you are flogging lollipops or you are simply trying to get to know someone better, it all comes down to being vulnerable. Because to have conversations of any real substance, you need to lower your own barrier first in order to make the other person feel comfortable doing the same. So if we're talking about someone who perhaps is just starting their new job and who is uncomfortable, take them back to the time when you had your first job, when you were feeling incredibly nervous and you had no idea what was going on. It allows yourself to relate because the act of giving yourself to the other person allows you to get more than you ever could have hoped. Now, as we said earlier on subject matter, we practice what we preach. And again, I had this when I first moved to New York a little over a year ago. When I did this, I was moving from London and I only knew one person. And I was scared witless of the prospect of moving to a new city knowing just one person. And so knowing this, I was deeply open with how I was feeling to the people that I met. Not in the way of uh, being that creepy British guy who sells his heart and soul the first time you meet him, I hope but more in terms of being vulnerable about how scared I was actually starting out in New York. Because what this did was allow people to come down to my level rather than me trying to pretend that I'm someone I'm not. And I was able to forge strong relationships right from the start. And that's the thing here. It's the empathy is the difference between how your value is perceived and how your value is actually received. That's very well said, Ben. And it's when you cross that value with your personal context. So whether you're Elon Musk or you're just starting out, it's when you cross these two things together that you then determine how much you can give away given where you're coming from. As you gain credibility and independence over time, the more you can afford to give away, which will fuel a greater return for the world at large. So Elon giving away blueprints leading us to the moon is largely different than even Quello giving away his book, which is largely different than a marketing firm using an ebook as a tripwire to learn customers. Everything is inherently contextual. Absolutely. And remember, we don't all need to be trying to make our species interplanetary. We don't all need to be trying to have the most translated book ever. Whatever your objective is, set your sight on it and give away some value relative to that. Absolutely. Although we may not be going to Mars anytime soon, Ben, but we will set ourselves audacious goals as we hope our listeners do as well. Absolutely, Tom. Well said. So there you have it, dear listeners. We've explored how the key to getting ahead is actually to give everything away. Know what you bring to the table and offer your value to people who have the power to make things happen. So give things away, but be careful about giving everything away. Don't be afraid to focus on you if that helps to scale your own impact and your dreams down the road. But where you choose to draw the line and make that decision is up to you. And let us know where you stand by getting in touch with us on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. We are on all of the socials. I'm Ben Bradbury. My co-host again is Tom Worcester. Please do get in touch with us, guys. We would love to know what you think. Thank you so much. And see you next time on Subject Matter. 
And if you like what you've heard here today, then you can go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. We've got new episodes of Subject Matter coming out every single week for the next four months. And so if you do like what you've heard, it would mean a lot to us if you could go ahead and subscribe, because according to the algorithm gods of iTunes, your subscription means that we have a higher chance of getting seen in new upcoming podcast categories. So once again, if you do like what you've heard, we would absolutely love if you could subscribe on iTunes.